Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Well, well I actually want to start on a slightly different note to you, I'm going to apologise. So last week, if you were here, I made several comments that I would like to say, I probably shouldn't have made them, they were slightly overly flippant. And uh, no one said that that was bang out of order other than my wife, uh, <laughs> who said, they were a bit strange, you might want to think about that. And uh, two things in particular I want to apologise for. First was, uh, as I was coming to read the Bible stories last week, I said, if you want to preach the Bible properly, come back in a few weeks and we'll do it then. And uh, um, it's just not my heart at all. Uh, that's my embarrassment, because actually I have such a high value of the Bible that I want to open it up and I want to read through the passage and explain it. Uh, and so when we do thematic series like this, I am out of my comfort zone. It feels a little bit odd, and uh, I got a little bit nervous. And because I'm from the Midlands, when I get nervous, I, I, I launch into self-deprecating humour, because that's how we do it in the Midlands. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's why I did it, but it wasn't okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, if I offended anyone upset them on the art teaching the Bible properly, I just don't have time in these particular talks to show you all of where it comes from in the Bible. There's no easy passage that shoots it down. Um, and so I didn't mean it. We are teaching the Bible properly. We love the Bible in this church, and I hope that this series is benefiting you as it, as it has to me. The second thing is I was actually a little bit disrespectful of our hosts here at Rossett School. I had a spade. Anyone remember my spade? And what I hadn't worked out was that pretending to dig on the floor risked marking it. Uh, and because I hadn't thought about that, and then I realised, I again slipped into my uh, Midland self-deprecating humour. I said, oh, it doesn't matter. We're leaving in a couple of weeks. And going back to Ashburn. <laughs> Which is true, we are. Next week, we're back at Ashburn. Uh, and uh, I didn't make any marks on the stage, but it's a bit dishonouring, isn't it, to suggest that it's okay because you're leaving. Uh, no one from Rossett's here. No one took offence, but it was bang out of line, and so I apologise. It's not okay. And uh, so there we go. Okay? Brilliant. Thank you. Shall we crack on with the series? We are doing a, I think, really helpful series called Don't Be Weird, Learning to Talk About Our Faith. And uh, we are on week four, our final week. And uh, I think we're going to slide three next, Sam. We've so far done a week on ordinary faith. Remember, we had two boxes. One was ordinary life, the other was the life of faith. I spent 30 minutes telling us, let's not have two lives, let's have one. Put our life of faith in our ordinary life, let's be normal. Remember that? Yeah. Great. The second week, Pete uh, spoke excellently, encouraging us to simply retell the stories of the Bible. They're powerful. Uh, and the stories that Jesus told, the stories of Jesus' life, they're, they're meaningful. And simply retelling stories to people in situations that link can be a very powerful and normal tool in our lives. Uh, there was a very helpful table that he put up of people's felt needs and stories that linked to that, the elephant and the newsletter as well. That was such a helpful week, really helpful tool to help us be normal but to bring Jesus up in our daily lives. Last week, we looked at the power of questions uh, and how questions turn over the surface, which enables us seeds to be sown, uh, but also for God to work deeply into people's lives. Uh, we ask questions, we listen to people's answers. It's a way of loving them. Uh, and today, we're going to look at naturally supernatural. And, uh, and I want to be very clear. We are starting at, like, base level one of naturally supernatural life. So I don't know what comes into your head when you hear this title, but I anticipate, because we're charismatics, many of us in the room, that you are expecting to talk about how to pray for the sick and see the healed, perhaps see miracles, 
uh, signs and wonders, uh, to hear the audible voice of God. That's not what we're doing today. But it is something that we believe passionately in, the movement of the Holy Spirit. We, we believe in signs and wonders. When I did my theology training a couple of years ago, my final essay was why signs and wonders are uh, a biblical reason uh, and tool for mission in the 21st century. And I got a great mark, and my lecturer said I convinced him. So uh, we passionately believe it. With four miracles, we, we've got stories of healing. I'm going to share some later this morning. But we're going to start a whole further step down the pyramid, in a sense, today. Uh, and we're going to talk very simply about prayer. If you're disappointed right now and you'd like to actually learn more about what it is to be naturally supernatural in your life, let me point two books out for you. The first is by a friend of ours, she's called Wendy Mann. She's a leader at the King's Arms Church and the New Frontiers Church in Bedford. Uh, just an outstanding book called, incidentally, Naturally Supernatural, uh, which I think is a wonderful uh, basis for experiencing the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives. There's another book on the right-hand side. You can't see the title of either of those because they're far too small, but you can see what they look like. Mike Lovacci and Andy Croft have also written a book called Everyday Supernatural. Do you want the fun story? They wanted to call it Naturally Supernatural, but Wendy Van published hers a few months before them. So they had to change the name. And, uh, but it too, I've read that one as well. Really helpful uh, introduction to uh, what it means to have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives uh, all of the time, not just in church. So if I'm wetting your appetite, you'd like to know more, uh, this is all new to you, I would highly recommend both of those books. Very easy reading and very practical. Uh, but really, my message today is, in our pursuit of not being weird, as we talk about our faith with people, uh, we want to be naturally supernatural people. And I've got two very simple things that I want to put out there. Then we're going to have some stories, and then I'm going to do very brief equipping to help us do it in normal life. Is that okay? So these are the two things that I would love for us to get into our heads this morning, because we're step one of naturally supernatural life. This is it. Offering to pray for someone is an act of love. It's too easy to overlook it. We think, no, 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 I need to get them healed so that they know that they're loved. I need to have a word of knowledge so that they know that they're loved. Friends, offering to pray for someone is an act of love. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, because it's really important. Hey, did you know that offering to pray for someone is an act of love? And then you see the second thing on here is that praying for people is a supernatural act. Like we, we belittle prayer sometimes in our pursuit of other things in the Christian life, particularly as charismatics or whatever label you want to wear this morning. Praying for people is a supernatural act because you're talking to a supernatural sovereign God. Like if you were just talking to the sky, that would be a natural weird act. But you are praying to a God who created all things, is in control of all things and loves everyone. And so what you're doing is you pray is a supernatural act. So when you offer to pray for someone, you're loving them. And when you actually pray for them, you're engaging in a supernatural life. Turn to the person next to you. Praying for someone is a supernatural act. But my point this morning is this, that we probably don't want to go around trying to pray for people out there like we do in here. And let me show you a few reasons why. Because to start with, what you'll say is you'll have an exchange and they'll express some need or some hurt or a sickness. And you say, oh, can I pray for you because you're loving them? And they'll say, oh, yeah, that's, that's really kind. Thank you. And then you say, now. Uh, and they go, oh, okay. 
<laughs> and then you say, right, could you just put your hands out in the universal receiving position? Yeah. And they're going to look at you like you're a weirdo. Uh, and then you're going to go, oh, they might fall. I need a catcher. Um, excuse me, mate, come here. I need some help. Could you just stand behind this person? Put your hands out. Great, thank you. So we've got hands out, receiving position. We've got a catcher. Can I put my hand on your shoulder? By this point, they're thinking, no. And they're praying for themselves. God, get me out of here. <laughs> uh, and they say, yeah, okay. So you put your hand on them, and, and then you want them to know that God's there, so you shake them a little bit. Uh, and, uh, and then you start to pray in tongues. And so you're like, uh, everyone's favorite made up tongues, like, Kisa Mastiera, Kalagasita, Alavashan, you're shouting at it, God, can I help this person? Heal them from their ugliness. <laughs> Uh, and you've done more harm than good and they never want to see you again. And sometimes in church, we pray in a certain way. That's fine here. But if you do that at the school gate or in the canteen or with your neighbour at the front door, like your neighbour probably move house. <laughs> Colleagues won't talk to you again. Uh, we need to just have a think about how we can be naturally supernatural. We need to have a think about how we can not be weird, but speak about our faith normally. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, and so I've got some wonderful, brave people to come and to share some stories. Well, I've been aware of the last weeks. I've been asking for the help stories of people, not who have amazing stories of the dead rising and thousands coming to faith. So if you have those stories, I'd love to hear them. Uh, but people who have just done the brave, courageous thing to take my faith. So they're going to be doubly brave because they've got to come and talk to you. So let's give them a round of applause, shall we? When they're, when they're doing it, let's applaud coach. So first person to come up and talk is Paolo. Come on up, Paolo. Your own microphone. Here you go. So if you don't know Paolo, this is Paolo. Hi, everybody. Uh, and Paolo, I heard on the grapevine, slash from your wife. <laughs> that I'm you going have to get her back. <laughs> you, you can, feel very free. Uh, that you... Um, have a particular way of asking people if you can pray for them. Do you want to tell us about it? Um, I think, like Adam said, it's just a very natural thing that we do um, as a family, is that if somebody's at our house or, you know, they're doing a job for us or they're dropping something off or they've come to repair something, then, you know, after a bit of, you know, light-hearted conversation, we might just say, or I might just say, we're a Christian family, you know, we'd love to pray for you if you have something or a prayer need. And uh, that's how it starts. And it's just, like you say, very normal and natural. And uh, that's what we do. I love that. Do you see how natural that was? Have a little bit of conversation first. Helpful. And then we just say, we're a Christian family. Can we pray for something you've got a need for? Super. And could you tell us you know, a particular example of the time someone said yes? You, you know what? The interesting thing is, is that whatever reason, we're more afraid of asking than actually believing that they're going to actually say something. And yes. 70, 80% of the time, uh, probably even more, they always say, yes, please. Um, we recently had somebody who came whose you know, wife had died of cancer last year, two young kids this guy's got, and uh, the kids and I prayed for him. Um, we've had people who've had, you know, his daughter had Tourette's, and again, we prayed for him. There's so much need, and I think we are going to be surprised as Christians when we actually offer to pray, because especially what's happened over the last year and a half, 
people have got just so many needs and um, carrying so many burdens that's actually a blessing to pray for them. Wonderful. And so, final question. Uh, what's your hope in offering to pray for people? Why do you do it? Um, well, I think uh, the good Catholic upbringing in me says that we've got to do it because we've been asked to do it. The Lord has told us to do it. But also, I just think... Um, it's just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't go there with the with the plan of praying for somebody. It's just that when you hear the tap on the shoulder that says, you know, this person's got a need, uh, pray for them or ask them for prayer. It's just being obedient. And again, as a family, it's just trying to be as natural as possible. And um, we would love to be asked to, you know, have somebody pray for us. So let's just be a blessing to others. And I just think as well, what Adam showed last week with the salt, you know, that's a fantastic way of remembering and really just a this excellent. Wonderful. Thanks, Paolo. Thank well, you. Thank you so much, Paolo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Salt stands for start a conversation, ask questions, listen to their answers, tell some of the story. There we go. And it is just a really useful tool. And I, I just want to highlight something because this, this is something I've just been processing recently. Paolo, Checks his um, Catholic upbringing. Uh, God's told us to do this. Uh, and for about 20 years of my life, I'll probably go, oh, yeah, don't need to do that, it's grace. And I've just been convicted again. Actually, God has been very clear with us about some things that are good to do. And he's my master and I'll do them. So let's not just write it off. Oh, we don't have to do stuff because God told us to. He loves us, it's fine. No, God's told us to do stuff, it's good. So just let that one hang out there as a, as a side. Uh, I'm going to come down from stage. Jenny Dent is going to come up and share the next. A big round of applause for Jenny. Jenny, spin it around. If you come back just slightly, it's going to help not be back. <laughs> Super. Here's a microphone. My pleasure, Jane. It's very kind of you to come in there and share your story. Thanks so much, especially while you're hosting today. Um, so you were telling me about an opportunity you had just the other week on the way to church to, to offer to pray for someone. Could you tell us what happened? Just hold the microphone right up if you can. Uh, I was trying to get my down my path back in So this boy says to me, Would you like me to hold the way for you? I said, I'll be kind to you. Put it in the Next thing she got me, I think the team that was on the left was when I put it in. Then I saw her because I took her out and she had her arm and said, and she continued to tell me that she had had an accident and as a result she had had a shoulder replacement. Now, I'm not a medic, but I know shoulder replacements are not routine. So um, she was only in her forties. And my instinct was saying I need to fix this person. But at the same time, my instinct was telling me, don't pray for her now. So I said to her, can I pray for you? When I get to church, I pray with someone else. So that's what I'm reinforcing that. And she said, Don't want to do that. Thank you. And then it's done. Wow. So just to pull out, if you didn't quite hear, a lady helped Jenny get out of her front garden because you were trapped, yeah. essentially. Uh, she saw that the lady had a knee because her, she had an arm in a sling, found that she had a shoulder replacement. She said, Can I pray for you when I get to church? Because that's where I'm going right now. And did you pray for her when you got to church? Yes, lovely. 
You were lesbian praying for her. Superb. Very simple, very normal. Offered to pray for someone. And what was her response? She said, That's really sweet. That's really kind of you. Yeah. Brilliant. Should we have a round of applause for Jenny? Final story comes from Lee. Do you want to come up, Lee? Big round of applause for Lee, everyone. These are all ordinary stories that have happened recently to people in normal life where they've offered to pray for people. That's the point I'm trying to make. If, if, if we can pray for people, Lee, everyone can pray for people. That's the point I'm making. Um, Lee and I had a fascinating conversation uh, from your time working in the hospital as a, as a porter and the opportunities you had to pray for people uh, whilst you were doing that. And you told me one story in particular about someone in the x-ray department that you were able to offer to pray for. Could you tell us how you came to offer to pray for someone in the x-ray department? Yeah, well, look, um, as a porter, you're very busy and uh, I don't go chasing people down to pray for them, <laughs> but I do pray on the way to work. I park my car, I don't park in the car, so I have five minutes, whatever, to pray on the way. I invite God to come into my day and we'll see what happens. So I think two qualifications for being able to pray, one is being available and one is being obedient, and that's the hard bit. Yes. So anyway, I was working uh, in AD and I was going back and forth to and from X-ray. And I dropped this person off and I was just about to rush off to get my next patient. And this lady saw that I had a uniform on and she said, oh, help me, help me, help me. So I went over to see her and she was in absolute agony. Um, she had issues with her back. I know about that. I've had surgery before on my back. <laughs> she had a really bad sciatica, so like a toothache in your leg. And she could not get comfortable and she was just in very great distress. There were a lot of people in the uh, waiting area. And I'm thinking, hmm, okay, now what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, she's clearly in a lot of pain. Uh, there wasn't a nurse around anywhere for any painkillers or anything else. And I said, well, okay, um, how can I help? And she said, I'm just in pain. I need help. And okay. <laughs> so I said, well, you know, meditate, nothing can do at the moment. Um, I'm on my way back to collect another patient. Uh, but if you like, I could pray for you. That worked for me before. It's taken away pain. I'll do that if, if you would like. So she said, yes, I'd like that. So, you know, <laughs> there's like 50 people all sat around and I'm thinking, I'm not going to go, hey, Lord. <laughs> that would be weird. So I thought, okay. So I just said, do you mind if I hold your hand? So I did that and I just prayed silently. And after, I don't know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, um, I said, do you feel anything? Has anything changed? No, she says, no, no, okay. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, um, I had to go and then get another patient. So I said, I'll, I'll see you in a few minutes. So I went off, got another patient, came back, and she was still there in agony. And I said, well, I'll try again. <laughs> well, so I held her hand, prayed again, again silently in tongues or whatever, but just prayed. And as I prayed, the door swung open. This lady from Renion came out, shouted the name, grabbed her, and <laughs> she said, It's a miracle. <laughs> um, you know, thank you. Thank you for the prayer. And, and she went off into the room. 
Now, was it a miracle? I don't know. But she knew that somehow God had reached down to her in a moment of need. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't looking to pray for anybody, but when somebody is in agony in front of you, you've got to do something. Yes. Now, it doesn't happen all the time like that, but once in a while, uh, you get prompted to pray. There's been a lot of different instances, and uh, once in a while, uh, you always should have chosen up in different ways. Right. Thanks so much. Just remember, what we're learning today together is that offering to pray for someone is an act of love. Do you know that? So Paolo's like, want to love people. Jenny felt compassion for the lady with her arm. Me offers to pray for the lady. It's an act of love. And then praying is a supernatural act. That's the point we're trying to make. And, I, and I, as another little aside for a moment, can I say, we need to get better at telling the normal stories and celebrating courage rather than just telling the stories where the heavens part and an angel descends. And like, that's God's bit. And it's great to celebrate God's bit, but let's encourage and celebrate one another when we're courageous. Because offering to pray for people is brave. It is brave. But it's an incredible act of love. And so let's get used to telling those stories and celebrating those stories together. Is that okay? Right, final, just, I said five, then I downgraded it to four with my fingers. They just said, few minutes of equipping we're going to go to a story from jesus life and i want to just help us to step into this this week to pray for people we're going to go to luke 17 if you've got a bible get it open it's much better to read from the bible than from the screen makes you more likely to open your bible other times too ah, i don't apologize for that one next week <laughs> <laughs> Luke 17, verse 11 says, Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee as he was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed, healed. One of them. When he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This story I think, if we understand it correct, is a tragedy. Right, we can celebrate 10 people getting healed, but the point of the story is that nine of them didn't actually get what they needed. One person got what they needed. The other nine got part of what they needed. We're supposed to read it and go, oh, that's how it functions. If you read that couple of chapters in Luke, you read it and you go, oh, oh, that's sad because friends here's the deal our need for jesus is greater than all of our other needs so for those nine lepers they were able to go back into their families back into their communities they were socially healed but their then deepest need hadn't been dealt with their eternal need had not been dealt with it's kind of humbling isn't it and i don't know about you but i have this attitude sometimes that if i can pray for someone and they experience a miracle the next bit's easy 
right? They'll give their life to Jesus. Of course they will if they experience a miracle. I don't know how many of you have seen miracles happen in front of your eyes with people who aren't believers. My experience is not many of them fall on their knees and go, wow, Jesus must be real. A couple of stories. We were doing Alpha. Uh, we had maybe six Alpha guests, a couple of leaders in a living room just off of each road, just over in the south of Harrogate. And we watched the Does God Heal Today video. We had a conversation about it. And then we said, right, we're going to pray for people. There was a lady there who was in obvious pain. She had an operation in her abdomen area. Uh, that week, she was on heavy painkillers. To be honest, she probably shouldn't have been there. But she was keen. She wanted to be there. And we, we prayed for one another. She, she shared in deep pain. She was prayed for by someone next to her who didn't believe in Jesus. Uh, and as they prayed, the pain disappeared. She was like, wow, what happened? What did you do? We were like, oh, it looks like God healed you because he loves you. You know, that's what we've been talking to you about for eight weeks on Alpha. And she goes, wow, this is amazing. And, uh, and she, she goes off and she comes back the next week. She says, I have my follow-up appointment with a doctor. I've been pain-free all week. I took my high-strength painkillers back to the doctor with me. I gave him them back. I said, I don't need to take these. God healed me. I'm like, wow, best story of my whole life. Alpha finished. I never saw her again. She never came to church. I tried to get in touch a number of times. Gone. Disappeared. Oh. I don't know what happened to the other nine lepers in the story. Maybe they did all go to temple and praise God and they got it and then followed. We don't know. I don't know what's happened to her. But from my vantage point, she didn't get what she actually needed. I was treasure hunting once in Leeds. We, we prayed to God. We'd written down some things that we felt people that he, he wanted to meet that day in Leeds. And without my friend, one of my friends actually had on his thing that God wanted to speak to a drummer who'd gone there. And he met him. Sitting outside Leeds Art Gallery, a drummer who, being on the loud voices, made him go deaf in one ear. And he said, I want to pray for you. He said, please do. Pray for him. His hearing came back. They tested it. His hearing was there in his ear. He said, this is amazing, isn't it? God so clearly loves you. Can I talk to you about Jesus? He said, no. <laughs> Thanks so much for praying for me. I walked off. Now, guys, I've never been deaf, but I imagine it's very nice to get hearing back in one ear. And that's a really good thing. But his greatest need wasn't there in that moment. Uh, and the point I'm trying to make is that sometimes when people stand up and we talk about naturally supernatural, it's all about how to pray for the sick to see them healed. Look, friends, I want to see the sick healed. It's an amazing sign to God's love and, uh, and a wonder. It makes people wonder the brilliant things, wonderful. They're breaking in of heaven now. More, Lord. But I would happily never see a miracle again to see the miracle of people seeing Jesus clearly and accepting him on the Bible regular basis. Because our real need is to encounter Jesus, not to have our physical ailment healed, not to have our loneliness fixed, not to have our grief healed in a moment. They were wonderful, and God wants to meet those things because they matter. But there's also an eternal need that matters even more. Our greatest need is to know who Jesus is and to receive him. For these nine lepers that never came back, the kingdom of God came near to them, but they didn't enter it. And I'd much rather see people enter the kingdom of God than it come into people. When we're praying for people, my aim is that they would know love and I can point them to Jesus far more than my prayer is answered. And to be honest, I couldn't care less if the prayer is answered because that's on God. 
That's, that's God's bit. I want them to encounter Jesus. And so you might ask, Adam, if you've seen a deaf person get their hearing back and severe pain going, you're telling us that people see miracles and they don't follow Jesus. What's the point of praying for people on the streets uh, out there in the real world? I said, it's a very good question. Uh, and my answer is no matter what I see in front of me, I don't know what's actually going on. I don't know what's going to happen next week. The research says that people need to encounter something of God eight times to receive the gospel on average. I'm happy to be number two and trust God for number eight. But what keeps me going is this assumption, and I've got a quote slide here, Sam, from a lady called Becky Pippert. If you were ever a Christian student, you probably know Becky Pippert. She wrote Out of the Salt Shaker, which is like this book that gets given to every Christian university student. I get eight copies while student university. And uh, it's so helpful. She's written another book since called Stay Salt. And if this series has been good for you and you've enjoyed it, those two books I'd recommend to don't buy all four. I'd much rather you actually did the stuff we talked about and read books about it. Because um, we're good at that sometimes, aren't we? Reading more rather than just doing what we already know. But anyway, she says this. She says, we should assume that God's spirit is at work in the lives of those people we meet, seeking to draw them to himself. This is my assumption. God is at work in everyone I meet. Now, I was, I was preparing this. I was like, God, I'm so thankful you're able to be in more than one place at once. Because if you weren't, I don't think you'd ever come to church. If God could only be in one place at once, where would he be on Sunday morning? That's a challenging question, isn't it? Because Jesus said he didn't come for the righteous, but for the sick. But his purpose is to come to seek and save the lost. So, I mean, it's hypothetical, right? Because God can be in all places. He's not limited by physical space. But if he was... I'm not sure he'd be with us. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm pretty convinced he spends a lot of his energy working into the lives of people that he's seeking to draw to himself. And I think it's the healthiest assumption that we can make in life is that everyone we meet, God is on their case. In everyone we meet, God is working in their life, seeking to draw them to himself. And if you're operating on that understanding, then that makes us keen to get involved, doesn't it? So, from that starting line, <laughs> how might we pray for people without being weird? We need to know that the need for Jesus is greater, that God's probably already working in their life. But then my, the next thing, the thing that I, I try and do is I try to pray what they need to hear. So remember, what they don't need, although it's wonderful when it happens, is for God to meet them in their pain in that moment and solve their pain. I mean, that would be wonderful, and God does it as an act of love, but what they really need is to come to Jesus for themselves in a life-changing way. And so as I pray for them, I'm not just, oh God, I pray that their front door would not be stuck anymore. Or, oh God, I pray that they would not be sad anymore. Or, God, I pray that their hand would get better. I try and stick some extra in that tells them what they need to know. So I might say, God, Jesus, I thank you that in your death on the cross, you showed us that you know that human life is hard. And when you rose from the dead, you showed us that nothing about the human life is too difficult for you to intervene in. And so, God, I pray, because you love this person, would you come and help them with X? I've given them something to think about. It's the same as last week. You chuck the hook out, and they might just be interested to have a bit more of a conversation. 
you told them something that they need to know. You may find the Holy Spirit leads you to pray in a particular way. Just drop something into mind. For me, what do I mean when I feel like God's speaking to me? Something just drops into my thought process that wasn't me. I mean, it could have been me, but it probably wasn't because it's far too good for me. And it just pops in and, I, and I've learned to just go with it, like Paolo was saying. Just feel that top of the shirt, go with it. And so that's my disclaimer side. You can have your script all about the gospel, trying to communicate that Jesus loves them and died for them and rose and that they can be forgiven. But sometimes God just drops something, the words you need to use. So we need to know that what they need most of all is Jesus. That God's probably already at work in their lives. And that as we're praying, why don't we drop in some stuff that they need to know that's going to help them in the way. Sound good? Yeah. Right, we're going to do it. So turn to the person next to you. Let's use Paolo's line. We're a Christian family. And uh, just wondering if we could pray for you, if you've got any prayer needs. They're going to say yes, because we're practicing. And they're going to tell you what prayer they've got. And you're going to pray for them. You're going to do normally. No catches, no tongues out loud. Real simple. Assume God's at work in their life already. And that uh, you want to tell them what they need to know. Uh, and then the band are going to come back up in just like literally 60 seconds and we're going to finish with a song. So turn, talk, pray, uh, and we'll finish together with a song. Thank you.